Hello, and welcome to Lit by Moonlight, where it's not a phase to let a ghost possess you to help you solve a murder. <laughs> I almost said what I always say, which is like, I do it all the time, but I feel like that's getting super old, so I'm just going to say I never have done that in my life, and it's not a phase. And Yet. Yeah, it's going to be like a micro trend in the TikTok community. Just girly things. <laughs> just so, ghouly things. Just ghouly things. Just ghosty things. Just ghosty oh, things. Good stuff. Anyway, what are we talking about? Today we are talking about Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Well, before we even get into the summary, uh, let's just put out lots of trigger warnings for this book in general. There's a lot of sexual assault in this book, uh, death of a friend in this book, a lot of death in general. Drug use. Drug use is big. Um, grooming. There's just a lot. So before you even listen to this episode, or if you're thinking about reading this book, please uh, do some research and look up any more trigger warnings. But those are like the the big ones. And we might mm-hmm. talk about that throughout this episode. So please keep that in mind. You're... So now to give... <laughs> now, now to give... Uh, yeah, now to give like a, a brief summary that feels like it doesn't really even like <laughs> capture... The, the the depth of the things that go on in this book because right. of everything we just said. Yeah. But also we'll, we'll get into it anyway. Uh, so Alex Galaxy Stern is navigating freshman year at Nail. At Nail. <laughs> One of us. We did not go to Yale. <laughs> <laughs> I applied. They sent me a very kind rejection letter. Alex Galaxy Stern is navigating freshman year at Yale and also fitting into Ninth House among the other magical secret societies at Yale and also the disappearance of the Virgil to her Dante, her mentor through the chaos, Daniel Arlington, and also a murder near campus that suggests more about Yale's secret world than what meets the surface and also (laughs) she can see ghosts. I asked the Tumblr user out there who daftly wrote, Sorry, I can't come over today. I am contemplating the horrors. Are you Alex Stern? (laughs) Can Alex walk the tightrope between her dark past and hopeful future? We're about to find out. Actually, you're about to find out from us because we we know already. We do know already. Yes. (laughs) So I'm Amberlynn, and I'm very pretty. You are very pretty. Couldn't think of a good lead-in today, so I just came up with a fact i like it i like it it's a great fact a fantastic fact if Mm. you will i'm caitlin and i just got one of the best emails of my entire life do elaborate um okay so i went to go check my email for i don't even remember what now even though it was literally five minutes ago before we started recording and i had this email and it just says like hello old friend and it's from some dude named jordan and i'm like who the i don't Who's Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> and I had a friend in college named Jordan, so I was like, is it him? But I'm like, why is he emailing me all of a sudden? Yeah. It's not the way <laughs> so I would go about. Yeah. I was um, really confused. But here's a little backstory um, about this email. So as a callback, I watched the show Wrecked, you know? Oh. And um, we watched this a lot, or we talk about this a lot in our, um, in our podcast. And something that I discovered about the show wrecked is that if you were watching it on streaming if you read the episode descriptions they are the funniest episode descriptions i've ever read in my entire life yeah throughout the first season it's like they would have like a brief synopsis of the episode and then the last sentence would be like the island makes a discovery that changes everything and in the next episode it'd be like 
Florence does this with Emma, blah, 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 blah. The island discovers <laughs> something that changes everything. And then like, it just kept like repeating it. And it would be like, and the island, you guessed it, makes a discovery that changes everything. Like all, like it just <laughs> says it. And then finally, and then they did something. Um, and then throughout season two, they're like, this happens, this happens, and this happens. Steve's the captain now. <laughs> and then like every episode was like, uh, Danny's the captain now. This person's the captain now. You're the captain now. No one's the captain. <laughs> and it was just, it was just so, it's just stupid little details like that. Right. And by season three, you start reading the episode descriptions and they're like, uh, they start off like, oh yeah, after crashing on the island, blah, blah, blah. Wait, does anybody actually read these descriptions or am <laughs> I just like talking to nobody? And then eventually, like all of the episode descriptions just start being whoever is typing these up, mm-hmm. being like, man, I don't know if anyone is reading this or like, yeah, I use the wrong form of your, but who cares? No one's reading these anymore. <laughs> like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. And so at, by the end of the last season there is a episode description i believe it's like episode nine or whatever the second to last episode is like if anyone is reading this please email i read the wrecked episode descriptions at gmail.com and no shit and so (laughs) (laughs) so i i wrote to them i wrote to them twice okay because i'm an insane person um i wrote to them once saying like oh my god i read blah 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 i don't remember everything that i said in that email but i'm gonna read you the email that i sent them a second time because i'm like this is hilarious and i doubt anyone will ever see this but it'd be funny if they did so i wrote to this i read the wrecked up descriptions at gmail.com I said, I'm writing once again that I've read the wrecked episode descriptions. This is so embarrassing. I have no time. I have nothing to do with my life. But this time on Amazon Prime, since the show is no longer available on HBO Max. And honestly, dude, that hurt me. This show is so funny. I was hoping for another rewatch of it, only to find it gone. Now there's a hole in my heart. You could almost say that upon discovering this show was no longer available, I felt wrecked. Ah, that's a good one. Ooh, you got me at the end. So I began oh. my search to watch this beloved show on another platform and find that Amazon Prime has it listed, but the episodes are yet to be available to actually watch. And then I put a sad face because I'm sad. And then I said, oh. but wait, what's this? The wrecked episode descriptions, my beloved. I knew you wouldn't let me down. I went <laughs> through every episode description because this, to me, is peak comedy. And this is true. This is peak fucking comedy to me. <laughs> I knew these episode descriptions so well. I noticed that the second two descriptions, the season two descriptions, were different from the HBO Max season two descriptions and are no longer the normal old boring descriptions that I don't read on other shows. I may not have the show back, but damn it, I have the episode descriptions and maybe the words shared between the writer who probably isn't getting paid enough and the viewer who just wants a good laugh is all we need. (laughs) To the person in charge of writing the wrecked episode descriptions, you're the captain now, signed Caitlin. And then this wonderful person emailed me back today and said you're officially caitlin island thanks for the kind words so glad you enjoyed the show (laughs) i have so many questions and i'd love to know i'd love to know more like who is the person behind the wrecked episode descriptions like i want to i want to meet them i think we should interview them on this podcast the person who emailed me is named jordan shipley and jordan if you're out there i owe you my life (laughs) wait um okay that's what i thought um so jordan shipley is like they're like the shipley brothers right wait like no <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, wait. Say, jordan shipley, is that a, wait like, like the, the people who that... made the show yeah 
It's <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, Jordan Shipley, that sounds like Shut the fuck up. Really <laughs> Who this wrote really the show? Is the best day of my life. That's well, fantastic. you heard it here for I'm gonna oh my god, this is hilarious. Well thank yeah. you. <laughs> You're officially Caitlin Island. Thank yeah. you. That's fantastic. I was gonna say I'm like I was like so the Shipleys own that email. That's hilarious, and they literally yeah. like are also wrote the wrote the episode descriptions. Of course, they did. They're hilarious. That's great. Props to the Shipley brothers. You're amazing. <laughs> wow. Iconic. Iconic. I literally just emailing them back. This is the best day of my life. Bless you for this. <laughs> I love. I love. I'm, I'm so happy that we heard because you know you see them at the end of every episode. Like they have that little like like whip like quick whip. Yeah. Um, like do like and you see them and you're like oh. The Shipley Brothers. They wrote this, and here they are. Oh, wow. they're emailing me. They do give me like pretty big David Jenkins energy. So I was they like, do. when you said and that, I was like, nah. David Jenkins has also reached out to me before. So <laughs> this is he reached out to you. <laughs> he reached out to me. That's how I'm. That's how I'm talking. That's how I like to classify my interaction with David Jenkins over Twitter. He was like reaching. He he sent like a LinkedIn, like one of those like cold He's like, emails. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, I heard you were in this industry that I'd like to break into. Yeah, no. I love it. So uh, to think that's not even what this episode is about. It's not. This is. This, we're about to talk about like low key some heavy talk. To- I say low key. There. <laughs> some heavy topics. But let me talk to you about this really stupid show that has my fucking heart. It lightened the mood. It lightened the mood. Like oh, I feel I feel better going into this. Um, I was going to say like when in doubt I always have wrecked but I can't even watch it <laughs> right now because they took I know, it off. They got rid of it. Bring it back. Uh, I hope he forwarded the email right to right to Jeffrey Bezos himself. So, <laughs> um, Caitlin, was there a specific moment in uh, Ninth House that really hooked you that made you want to keep reading? Well, <laughs> hold on, I'm dying. <laughs> uh, in case you guys were wondering, the outdoors still fucking hate me yeah she's going through it <laughs> i'm really going through it i went on a hot girl walk today to see the fall foliage and oh i'm paying the price and the fall foliage saw her <laughs> the fall foliage did in fact look me in the eyes and said you're gonna pay for this <laughs> um was there a specific moment i didn't have a specific moment that hooked me for ninth house uh but the more that we got to know about the grays aka the ghosts that Alex can see and more about her connection with them. I did want to know more. Um, I love me some ghost stories. And the fact that Alex is just walking about her daily life and seeing dead people just like chilling is so creepy and really yeah. cool to me. So I thought that was a really cool aspect. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it was cool to have a setting where it's the real world, but also with secret magic societies. And to mm. paraphrase a Tumblr post that I saw, having characters fighting for their lives while also having to make sure their homework gets done on time yeah. is hilarious and fun for me. So. Yeah, I, I always love like um, fantasy novels where it's like it takes place in reality <laughs> and it's like everybody else is just going about their day, like shopping in DCs. <laughs> and meanwhile, someone's like running by, like, we got to go find the stone of Albatross or something. <laughs> like, on a whole different journey a whole different life life path your roommate's like oh my god i can't with this history test we got going on it's like yeah i have to take that test and fight the dark lord of magic tomorrow (laughs) like my schedule is booked kathy i can't go to the party (laughs) (laughs) 
I can't, I'm just thinking now about like what life would have been like. Like I remember like, so Caitlin and I went back to, went to school during, uh, during the COVID pandemic and it would just be like, if we had like a friend that was like in a fantasy novel, it would just be us like, oh, like we're not going to be able to go back to school after this. Like the, the state, the state said, you know, like school shut down now. And meanwhile, our friend was like, you think that's bad? <laughs> I got a pandemic and a dragon to fight. I got to fight a dragon tomorrow. Life the dragon sucks. Know about COVID? And I can see fairies, <laughs> and they're all really mean. <laughs> and my dad's a fucking wizard, and he's like a jerk about it. I don't know. Like, so no, Karen, I don't have the study notes for tomorrow. Yeah. Stop nagging me about it. I can't get the vaccine because I'm half dwarf. <laughs> They haven't made it accessible to half of me yet. I can only get the Johnson and Johnson, and it gives me rashes. <laughs> it is a hard time being a girly who's fighting magic and having to write essays. Yeah, yeah, it is for her. And on top of that, like she's also not your typical Yale student. Like she's somebody who comes from a really like heavy. She's not like other girls very difficult life but but yeah like also very seriously like you know she's had like a really rough life before this and she jumps i don't know caitlin's over here like we're going there now i mean (laughs) we might as well (laughs) um uh so like you know it it makes it all the more interesting that it's like life's been pretty shitty so far and now this you know it's kind of like what we went through with haunted with haunting of hill house where it was like what do you want to do the worst thing or the even worse thing and no you can't do the better thing yeah (laughs) That's not even an option. <laughs> no. Um, mine was, like, the setting. Um, yeah. I'm a huge fan of New England horror and, like, a big – I'm, like, I belong in New England. Like, I know that's where I'm going to end up Me after too. after all this is over. Um, and I'm just, like, a huge fan. Like, I want more of it. I've been thinking for months now about, like, writing, like, some New England gothic horror just because of, like, this book. Do it. Um so when I heard Yale was involved, I was sold. I loved the aesthetic of, like, a dark, spooky college town on the coast. And I was really revving up for that. I'm actually – I'm going to be heading up to New Haven um, for, like, a little get-together in November. And I'm so excited just to be Woo-hoo. like, this is where all that happened with the book. Yeah. So, that's yeah. exciting. Did you have a favorite quote from this book? <laughs> um, yeah, I had one. Um and that, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> that didn't sound like a good. That didn't sound promising because usually Uh-oh. we go through these and we're like, well, there was this one and this one, but no. Um, for me, it was all you children playing with fire, looking surprised when the house burns down, because like that's really what this book is like. Yeah, it's a lot of these super wealthy kids and alumni possessing extreme power and privilege and using magic to like preserve their extreme power and privilege. So, and then like there's all of these like other um subplots about like shit that normal college kids go through but with a tinge of magic and privilege and like fine you know but yeah yeah i, I like that i like that line um it also it took me back to like being in school with like a lot of incredibly privileged people like no this isn't a read and just kind of <laughs> feeling like there was just absolutely no um like no implications or like what's the word consequences for like yeah. some of the things that they were able to do because of just how much money their parents had so that was relatable i was like yeah 
brother you don't have to tell me been there there. yeah experienced that how about you yeah i had uh one that really stood out to me uh and that was that was what magic did it revealed the heart of who you'd been before life took away your belief in the possible and i like this because i feel like it really encapsulates both the loss of innocence and then gaining Mm. like a little bit a little bit of it back when something magical happens like the world is all shit but then like the creator of one of your favorite shows emails you randomly on a <laughs> sunday night like like to tell those. you you're an island now yeah it's telling <laughs> that i am an island now <laughs> title of the episode caitlin's an island now <laughs> it has nothing to do with the book no but like i really i really liked it because um when i read that i was thinking of like you know when you're little and you think that oh like santa claus is real and like magic could be real and unicorns and all that fun shit like Mm -hmm. and then you grow up and you don't really I don't think you ever really realize that um there's not a moment where I'm like wow I don't believe in all that stuff now there's only like a moment when you're an adult and go wow remember when things were easy and I didn't know a lot Mm -hmm. and things were better um Mm -hmm. but I just thought about like that but then like when you have something that like really brings you joy and kind of makes you think that like anything was possible like in your real life now because there are those things that mm-hmm. we have in the world and um i think it's just remember it's good to remember the things that we do have yeah in the world that kind of feels like magic to us and to like hold on to it and if you have someone to like share that with um that you feel comfortable sharing it with you can share it with them and then yeah. like kind of almost live vicariously through them experiencing it too yeah it's like all brand new about to ask a tangentially unimportant question 100 percent but when did you when did you stop believing in Santa Claus? Like when did your parents tell you that not to anymore? Um, or if it was, yeah. My parents never told me not to. It was just like I kind of put it together myself. Like I remember, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade, I think, and because I remember like this one kid like on the bus like being like he's not real like blah 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 and, like telling us all the reasons why uh. and he's just like and <laughs> I remember me and this um my friend from elementary school like we sat together and we're like fighting him we're like no here's the reasons why we are why he is real and mm-hmm. one of our reasons was our parents couldn't afford those gifts without Santa oh, <laughs> so, <no. laughs> so that was just like yeah like there's no way we could get that (laughs) that's amazing he has to be real um so shout out to my parents for always like making christmas really great and nice yeah um but i I remember like having those conversations and like just like really thinking about it one day and i remember i was cleaning my room and i was with my mom i had to be like 11 probably and um i've I picked something up and I was like oh I forgot I had this and mom's like oh yeah Santa Claus gave that to you right and I looked at her and I was like no you guys gave that to me and she's like no I'm pretty sure it was Santa Claus who gave it to you and I was like oh no yeah yeah you guys gave it to me and my mom's like oh <laughs> over the magic's it's over, over. She's bad. I got a younger brother he believed for a little while too yeah. so he was good <laughs> but <laughs> you got you knocked checked one off the magical box so Uh-oh. I would say like 11 like I was I don't think my parents would ever like be like okay you're this old well mm-hmm. let's cut it out I mean like maybe if I got to be like I don't know say 24 and be like Santa yay <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah fucking Santa <laughs> <laughs> he's my best friend <laughs> it's just but me the ghosts and Santa <laughs> it's just me the ghosts and Santa <laughs> but yeah but yeah uh, I don't think they would ever be like okay guess what 
He's not real. Your childhood's over. Like, they could never do that. But I, <laughs> My mom was kind of like that. Really? Um, did they tell you or did you find out for yourself? I So my mom, it was Christmas Day. Oh, um, no. Yeah, which is like a weird day. I guess when I look back, it was a, it's a weird day to do it. But like at the time, it didn't really strike me that way. Okay. Um, But it was that day and I had gotten in a, I got in a Littlest Pet Shop. Uh, when it was like Tamagotchis, but they were Littlest Pet Shop. Hell yeah. Yeah, they were really cool. Because um, my parents always went like overboard for Christmas, um, which is also what led me to believe there's no way my parents yeah. get all of this. Um, <laughs> they don't make enough money for that. And she goes, I'm going, can you come out to the kitchen with me for a second? And I was like, Not yeah. And I go out there and she goes, I have something to tell you. And I thought my parents were getting divorced. So I was very frightened. Oh, and so no. you could, which I was, it looks like I was a couple years early on that one, but you can imagine my. Um, my joy when it was actually just that Santa wasn't real and I and I already kind of knew I guess because my mom said to me that I said I not I went I know mommy and then Aww. I said I promise I won't tell Kindle and that was it and my mom was so anxious to tell me like this whole she was like I'm gonna ruin her life I'm gonna ruin her dreams I don't want to do why? this like why on Christmas oh <laughs> I think I think it was just like I think it made sense like just to do it like to kill to kill two birds with one stone so that oh. I could have one more. I don't know. Logically, I guess maybe it doesn't make sense, but also it didn't like really ruin anything for me because well, I was just kind of like, oh, oh, I was in fourth grade. Um, so wow. I was a little younger. Yeah, yeah, I was a little younger. But also, um, <clears throat> like, I feel like my parents would also say I was like 40 years older than them at this point. So they were like, <laughs> you can handle it, you know, like. <clears throat> Um, that it, this is funny because it's such a stark contrast from my dad, who literally got up on the roof on red fluffy pants on my like fourth or fifth Christmas and just like stomped on our sky window and like yeah, um, shook jingle bells when my mom read the night before Christmas in the room mm-hmm. below um, until he fell off. So, oh, which is very yeah, like very like home improvement. Like he committed to the bit. Santa Claus, one of him. Yeah, very Tim Allen. Well, you see, that's kind of like he like that's kind of why I believed for so long because I had so many what I thought were facts that was like no, like how is this real? So like one of them was um, at my aunt's house. Her and her neighbor posed like like her neighbor got dressed up as Santa, came into the house, and it was like my aunt was like sneakily saw Santa putting gifts like under the trees and they did that either while the kids were sleeping or while they were at mm-hmm. school and like they're like look look who i saw last night i was able to get him picked like pictures of him and they printed them out and everything mm-hmm. and i was just like oh my god like how, like that's proof that is yeah. solid proof how how that is Santa. how else how did you get that and to and like it was just like little snippets of him because um my aunt's like you don't you know there's rules or whatever like and he told me you know be really quiet but she was really selling it and i was like holy shit he's real this is awesome Mm -hmm. i have a confession before we move on i have a bad confession yes um i think the year before i think this is what prompted my mom to do this perhaps um to tell me Uh the truth but i think the year before that my third grade yeah third grade i i did something ridiculous i Hmm. so i found all the string in the house all of it uh-huh. some of it mismatched some of it was like twisty ties just because i couldn't find enough string um twine yeah. whatever um some wiring probably not very safe and i tied i baked some of it into a cookie and i and i tied a loop around the milk glass and then i just kind of 
like fed it up to upstairs into my childhood bedroom and then wrapped it like tied it around my toe um because I had every intention of catching this man in the act I love that I was I was like my toe's gonna twitch the moment he grabs that milk or that cookie and it's over for him it's over I had I had a digital camera I stole my parents digital camera. yeah so my mom was probably a little worried about me um, and now I think about it and she was like, hmm, this girl, she's, she's clever, but the, the, the yeah. energy's being wasted on Santa. So let's see if we can repurpose that for something more productive. So yeah. I love how elaborate yeah. that was. Yeah. That's incredible. Anyway, this fucking book. <laughs> anyway, this book. <laughs> um, what song? I was like, I'm literally, literally trying to like, keep track of where we even are. Like, Cause it's like, where are we again? If. If anyone's still listening, they're like, okay. It's like we're avoiding talking about it. Um, What song would be playing as you got to go, like, to the other side to talk to a ghost? I would play Alternate World by Sound Looks, specifically because all of their music kind of sounds otherworldly to me and fantastic. And also because there's lyrics that say, oh, we're magical. We'll wake the dead from sleep. Oh, we'll shed our skin. We'll walk the other side. And it's like, mm. yeah, that sounds about right. That's kind of what, what ghosts did. do. Cool. Yeah. Ghosts do ghosts be doing do be that. Be but yeah. Also, I just like reminded myself I need to listen to more of their music. Yeah. Cause, like, they have good music. They're pretty Yeah. Cool. My logic was like the same as you. It was just like, <laughs> I chose Ghosts That We Knew by Mumford & Sons explicitly because nice. the title has the word ghosts in it. Nice. And, and some of these ghosts are ghosts that we knew, I guess. I don't know. There's wow. no... There's no method to my madness. There's no logic. Let's it's move okay. On. <laughs> um, what character do you think needs to be sucked into oblivion in this book? I don't know. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. I ha- I on the notes sheet. I put all of them because, like, you ever heard that TikTok song? Was like, we do not care. No, no, no. That's me. Like, I just didn't care about. Like, I feel bad saying this because I don't like to be like I don't care. But I like I just didn't find anything interesting about any of the characters in this book so like every time yeah, just wasn't i found something new to say i like everything every time like a fact was revealed i was like mm-hmm. okay sure so you. like just, either all of them go all of them stay we do not care <laughs> i expect you to interlay um, that i think there's i think there's a knock on my door hello it's santa <laughs> it's santa i swear i heard like a it's knock, fucking knock, santa i'm like, telling you i said literally every guy in this book besides and then i said maybe darlington because i can't remember if there's anything maybe possibly shady that he did so that's why i'm putting maybe darlington but literally every single one of them if you read the book you know why they all suck literally they all suck every single guy that maybe there was there was one guy in the beginning was it trip or something he was described literally as a golden retriever which i laughed out loud at um but he probably did something too (laughs) because apparently if you're a guy in college and this book you fucking suck guy check college check you suck check you suck (laughs) all men that are not santa suck fun fact fun fact you are not welcome on caitlin if you're if you are not santa a ghost or shirley jackson you will not be coming to caitlin island (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> them's the rules. them is the rules um was there like a character that you'd give like a yummy little marshmallow to as a treat uh yeah i would give a little treat to dawes mm-hmm. because the poor girl was just out here trying to do her job and do her damn best and she just seems 
so stressed all the time. Also, I'm low-key doing a Dawes cosplay right now. How am I doing that? I have red hair, it's in a bun, and I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Mm. <laughs> so, oh, and I'm wearing headphones. Yeah. So every time like she did, was described, I was like, that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> My You're outfit. Like, why am I in this book? <laughs> <laughs> Is this play about us? <laughs> Uh, also, just because, you know, just another redheaded character I can low-key dress up as if I want to. In, in the Amazon, um, is it going to be an Amazon Prime? Um, the show adaption of this book? There's a there's show going adaption There's to be, I think. Um, but just so, there's show just so you know, yeah. when it airs, or at least in a couple years like, from now, my biopic airs, you will be in the movie dressed as you are, um, or Dawes <laughs> will be. But, like, imagine that, except, like, you're being played by Matthew McConaughey and treat, like, Taika Waititi faction. Like, just everything you're wearing. I'm being played by Matthew Yeah, McConaughey. like, everything you're wearing, he's wearing, like, a red wig, <laughs> like, put up, but he's Matthew McConaughey. Like, hmm. I'll allow it. I chose the wrong Matt. I met the other one. Ignore. Um, you went Matthew I meant to say Matt Damon. I meant to say Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Wait, Matthew McFadian? That would be, <laughs> yeah. yes. In, I would 100% in, be down. In my biopic, baby girl, certified baby girl, modern day Princess Diana, Matthew McFadian plays my best friend, Caitlin. Note it. Note it down for the history books. <laughs> this is very important to me. This is important for me too. I just like to see him portray me. But yeah, she she literally was just here doing her best and she was always there for Alex and she doesn't ever refuse to help mm-hmm. and she literally is just like, It's my job too and I'm just like, Baby girl, take, take a, a nap. nap. Like she's just like, I just want to do this for research. You know, I thought this was a good research job. I'm weighing over mm-hmm. my head. Um so yeah, I said Dawes. I would give her a little treat. A little treat. I said the same. I think Dawes is just like I respect her for like minding her business and just doing what needs to be done. Like she's like the most unproblematic person in the book, and also somehow like yeah. just like the one that didn't make me want to like die the most. So um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Lee, but um, yeah. So I can't believe we're already here, but we're gonna be talking about peaks and valleys now. Peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys. We should have like a peaks and valleys. We theme should. Song. We should. Like you know how you know how in the cryptid factor. Shout out to the cryptid factor. You get me through so much. Yeah. Um, they'll be like, let's go into weekly world weird news, and they play like a little sound yeah. bite, and it's just them like doing their best for yeah. sound effects, and it's hilarious. Yeah, we gotta do something like that. I think that's <laughs> I think that's necessary. Peaks and peaks and bellies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Or we could just keep changing. I think it every so. Week. I think yeah. We're, we're just we're still trying to find our brand, or we're 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 just lost souls that are never committing to never finding a brand. Um. So Caitlin, what was your first peak <clears throat> about this book? My first peak was ghosts. Mm, good, good peak. Uh, I love ghosts, and ghosts mm. love me, or at least I assume so, because all the ghosts I've come into contact with have all been chill, and they gave me chills. So. At first, when the book started and it was immediately apparent that magic was going to be involved, I was actually kind of like, ah, man, (laughs) because for some reason, now I didn't know much about this book going into it, except that it was Lee Bardugo's step into like adult fiction or young adult fiction, whatever. And I thought I was told it was a thriller. So that's why I was like, spooktacular, perfect. I can read this book. So I bought it and I was like, I'll read this at some point. And then now we have a reason to so when the f- book started and it was like immediately it was just like here's magic i was like ah i did not know this was gonna be fantasy yeah. 
even though I own the book, <sighs> and on the front of it, there's a Stephen King quote that says something along the lines of, one of the best fantasy of our ages, or <laughs> and I was just like, I did, how did I miss that? I've owned this book since, like, March, and I never looked at what that said, and it's right at the top of the book. So, I had no idea that this, this was going to involve <laughs> magic. I just thought we were going to get some sort of thriller yeah. thing, whatever. Um, so, at first, I was like, I don't want to learn all of these, <laughs> like... Because, like, you know, with fantasy, like, you have to learn a world, you have to learn all these new rules. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just, I wasn't prepared for that mentally, you know? I, fantasy is my favorite genre. I, I love it, but I just wasn't ready for that. But once Alex mentions that she can see ghosts, I was like, oh, game changer. I'll admit it, I still don't know everything about Lethe House or why the heck any of these secret magical societies are there and doing magic secretly. <laughs> I don't know. All of the information was given, uh, but I was just like, this is not what I care about. Honestly, I do not give a shit about any of it. Cause I, and I don't know if it's just because I was going into it thinking this wasn't going to have any sort of fantastical uh -huh. elements. But like, even as it kept going, I'm like, I don't care. All I care about is Alex and she can see ghosts and why can she see ghosts and what happened to her in the past and how is she going to solve this murder? Like, that's all I cared about. And then like every so often, he'd be like, here's an expert from Skull and Bones or whatever mm -hmm. the heck it was called. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like, this is not what I'm here for. I, I should probably reread this at some point and pay more attention to that because I think there is something interesting about it. But I just like reading this now, I'm like, we do not care. <laughs> we do not care <laughs> so that um it, it was the ghost for me that like honestly like i thought that element was really cool because even if this was like low-key like a like a gothic horror like type setting like that i still think like again i've said it before and i'll say it again ghosts are real um you could call me a bugara if you need to ah. um i totally believe in ghosts <laughs> but uh so when that happened i was like i believe like this is so cool that she can see them and i just think it's so chilling that alex can just always see the ghosts in the state of which they died so not just like apparitions but like just fully like that's mm -hmm. a human and this is what they're wearing this is what their face looks like if their whole face is there sometimes yeah. um so I just thought that was a really cool detail. And I also really liked that she couldn't look them in the eyes or even say their names because that would, like, attach them to you, which isn't always yeah. great. And um, I personally would find that super difficult to do, just pretending that they're not right. there. So I thought that was kind of cool to have her navigate. Um, I also love that she eventually did have to talk to a ghost in order to move her investigation mm -hmm. along um, and gain insight into his death and learn that not everything she learned about him was true. Mm -hmm. Um, and how she got to use them to save herself. Um, just the thought of having these connections with people that no one else can see, I just think is really cool. To yeah, me. yeah, so. yeah. The ghost yeah. elements are very interesting. I will say, yeah. well, maybe I was laughing just now because when you were talking about the different houses and how it just feels like, at times it feels like there are too many cooks in the kitchen a little bit with those. Yeah. It made me think. <laughs> so there's this great, I recommend everyone to go home. Uh, maybe not the faint of heart, but most of you to go home after this podcast um and or like get online after this podcast and l watch the too many cooks adult swim sketch <gasps> too many cooks. because it's just like oh like they start with like a typical um sitcom um like a uh, theme song and like 
introduction, but then they just keep adding additional people into the family, and then they're like, and then here's this person, and here's the grandma, and here's the other grandma, and here's the other grandma, and here's the cook, and here's the third cook, and they just keep adding people, and that's kind of what it felt like sometimes. Like, it, it's so <laughs> That video is one of the greatest videos I've ever seen. There's a part, I can't say what part it is because I don't want to spoil it. I just need, you literally pause this podcast now and look at Too Many Cooks Many on cooks. YouTube. It's the, so funny. It just keeps going. It's like, it's like if when SNL skits keep going, you know how they yeah. like, are and you're too like, okay, long and stupid. Stop. <laughs> yeah. This is like the opposite of that. Like it keeps going, it but it keeps getting better. better. <laughs> and there's so much lore to it. And it's just. Oh, it's so good. And there's just one specific part. And I'll tell I'll tell you right now. It is the part with the eagle. <laughs> it just keeps going back to that and it just repeats for so fucking long. And you, it gets to the point where you're like, how long is this going to go yeah. on for? And it, it just, just keeps going. Keeps yeah. Like, too many too cooks. many yeah. I whenever like that's immediately what I thought about. Like each time we get to like a new chapter to be like leafy house chapter and i'd be like who's this now <laughs> like who are we talking about <laughs> like what no, the fuck does this have to do with anything <laughs> yeah no um yeah this just feels this feels like it's becoming more about my valleys now so i'll tell you a little bit about my peak if we're ready yeah to what's your, do you have do you have yeah i have i think um i have um i think again like the aesthetics in this book really draw you and i like I love New England feelings. Like I, I walk yeah. through like the specific neighborhood where Jeffrey Bezos lives here in DC just to feel the New England yeah. feelings because it's a, like a really nice old neighborhood. Um, really nice world building, I'd say. Like Lee does a great job of distinguishing this world from the Grishaverse. Like, because sometimes you know when you, you when you kind of step over into a new genre, there's this worry of like, am I mm-hmm. going to be reproducing some of the same like content I always have? But she does a good job, I think, of distinguishing yeah. between this world where everybody has powers there's magic obviously but it's like its own space and she's done a phenomenal job over the past decade building the Grishaverse and this does feel like different than that like there weren't times when I was like that's too much like this like there wasn't a feeling of that and it was good it was a good feeling like I like that she chose a very like she chose like a really unique setting I feel like for um for like magic and ghosts and like these really spooky like thriller elements so um i liked that a lot well i i will say um i think that's half the reason why i wanted to read this book was because i only knew lee bardugo's work as in as with the grishaverse because that's all she's really written Mm -hmm. to my knowledge is just everything to do with that so um i think it's really interesting when an author does is able to step out of that um and be able to write a whole new original story mm-hmm. in that way where it was like I still had all the elements of her writing that I liked but it was a new world and I think she does really good at world building yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. I really liked <laughs> yeah no I, I liked her um how she sets up um this world that you're going to be living in for a little bit and she did really well here I'm basically just retweeting everything you said <laughs> but like putting little tags <laughs> I, I like that now I like that you reblog you tagged I respect it um did you have like a second peak? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Lee Bardugo is very good at introducing a character to you and sprinkling hints at the fact that something not great happened to yeah. them in their past, mm-hmm. enough to get you to try to figure it out yourself as you read 
And then once you're finally given the chapter that tells you what happened, mm-hmm. it feels like you got hit by a train because it's so much worse than what you could have anticipated. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So she did this most notably, no spoilers, but she did this most notably in Six of Crows with Kaz, as well as in King of Scars with some stuff with Zoya's past. And those both of those books have to do with all the Grishaverse. Right. Um, and she does it again here with Alex because we're told early on that something horrible happened to her and that she's lucky that she survived. And then we find out that a lot of people died around her or were gruesomely murdered and including her girlfriend. I don't know if she was her girlfriend or just a friend or more than a friend. I don't know. I read it as a girlfriend because gay rights um, with a girlfriend, Helly. And let me tell you, reading chapter 19 was so heartbreaking. Mm. Um, when... It's just like, I I thought this was going to annoy me because I'm just like, I know what you're doing, Lee. I've read your works before. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to get some sort of like, like, I'm going to find out what happened eventually. Just like, I thought I was going to be like, just tell me. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I thought that was going to be like really annoying to me, but I actually kind of liked it. Cause I'm like, it was kind of, it was keeping me reading for a while. I'm like, I need to find out what happened to um, Alex at Ground Zero is what she kept calling mm-hmm. it. Um so in chapter 19 is when you kind of find out, not kind of, you do find out uh, what happened to her and her friend Helly. And um, basically what happens is that Helly died. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex wakes up and she's talking to Helly and Helly's looking at her and um, she even smiles a little bit at her. And so Alex keeps talking to her and she's like, oh, we got to get you changed because you have like there's like vomit on her shirt or whatever and Alex goes to reach for Helly's shirt to take it off and her hand goes through Helly mm-hmm. and when that happened I gasped mm-hmm. and immediately started crying because it was just so heartbreaking that Helly knew she was gone but she still laid with Alex mm-hmm. until Alex realized what was happening and like that that hurts because um I mean first of all everything with how she died was horrible mm-hmm. um and every time in media when character A is oblivious to something devastating that character B knows about, mm-hmm. and once they tell them, everything changes, that hurts. It's like, it kind of reminds me in um, the first episode of The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Um, at the end of episode one, Steven gets to his apartment and he sees yeah. Nellie. <laughs> Nellie, Helly. <laughs> ah! um, and... <laughs> And uh, he starts talking to Nellie and so casually, and then he keeps talking to her. He gets a phone call, and on the phone is his dad telling him that Nellie's dead, and what he's actually been talking to is her ghost. And it's just, it's so much, and it hurts every time, and this was no different. Ow. Don't, why'd you remind me of yeah. that? <laughs> okay. Because it was, uh, it hurts. It hurts. Yeah, I that is exactly. I remember being really sad during that scene too when I read it, and I think that's why because it reminds me so much of like Mike Flanagan being a dick to us and making us cry. Um, yeah, or whomever wrote that scene, shame on you. Um, I think for me, um, I was like really surprisingly into the setup for like the mystery. Like I was hyper fascinated throughout the first like three quarters of the book, um, regarding like who killed, um. The girl who passed away who was like the town girl Mm -hmm. um and concerning um like the ghost and his and daisy 
was her name Daisy or am I thinking that that's yes. okay so that does okay I was like did I take that from the great Gatsby um cool <laughs> so um like I was like really into that like I was like reading on like page turning a little bit just to kind of get there um and I really feel like there was a lot of like cool subplots in this book that I wanted to like find out more about and there, there were also like a lot of subplots period there were like <laughs> it's gonna sound like insane for me I feel like this is a big ask but I feel like if this book was scaled back by like 200 pages and like uh, some of these subplots were given a little more attention to detail um Mm -hmm. I feel like it would probably have been like the perfect book like I would have been like this is a great I would probably be like singing so many praises about this book because like I do really feel like the in between the murder mystery and then like the aspect that's like what does Helly have to do with anything and then like right you know like that's where I want it to be this is the, the place that it's like the place that I was when I read Six of Crows is where I wanted to be with this book in terms of the mystery, like kind of uncovering the trauma yeah. that Kaz faced in that book. Um, and I didn't like really get there, but I was there for a little bit there. <laughs> and I really need to praise Lee for like being yeah. able to like suck you into story and be like, what the hell is going on here? I got to read on to find out, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of. It almost it ties into my valley about this book actually mm. because um i found the ending to just be a bit underwhelming mm. yeah. for me because there was like a like a good chunk in the middle where i was like oh my god i'm finally getting these answers and like she just does a really good job of like just setting up all these things and then you 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 get like a good like i i don't want to say that helly's death was a great payoff but like it was <laughs> interesting to read about and you get that answer and um just finally finding out and it's it's just it's even though it was devastating it was just like oh it like hits you in the gut and but there there really was just a lot going on and it it got to the point where like I don't know I almost started to lose interest towards Mm -hmm. the end and I did I didn't find it too surprising that in the end it was the dean who tried to kill Tara (laughs) I guess that about halfway I literally just remember that so that's where we are yes (laughs) yeah yeah did this i don't know i i guess that about halfway through um that someone was probably controlling blake i think he was like a boyfriend i don't know one of the guys i want to die in this book white guys um (laughs) kind of shitty hard to tell them apart yeah they all they all are um so i kind of figured that someone was controlling him Mm. because that had been a thing already and uh then so much time and focus seemed to go into miss bell gum i think was her name whoever her french french lady who wasn't actually a french lady or something i don't know yeah so she ended up being actually a ghost that was possessing another woman and did something with all these other murders that i honestly was kind of just skimming through because i'm like i don't care about the ghost murder even though like earlier i was just like oh interesting the ghost that's helping is that called north i believe like north is helping alex except he didn't really help her at all actually so like they made a whole deal (laughs) that's true (laughs) wait a minute so they made alex made this she literally dies so that she can talk to this guy and she's like i need you to help me solve this murder with tara (laughs) and he's like yeah cool i'll do that if you solve my murder because i didn't actually kill my wife 
and that's all bullshit. And she's like, okay. And I don't think in the end, unless I just forgot, he didn't do shit to help no. her. <laughs> no. She's supposed to find somebody. Except, yeah, I think the only thing that he did was she, like, got him to help her out of something, yeah. I think. Yeah, but it was, like, it was like not she... the original point, though, or something. No. Yeah. Hi. Okay, well, that sucks. Yeah, so then what the fuck was the point of yeah, that? I don't know. So I just, I didn't care about him at all, really. Because, yeah. like, that's the thing is that <laughs> because I didn't care about the lore of Leafy House mm-hmm. or whatever the hell they're, they want to call their secret societies, like, yeah. I didn't care at all. And, like, his death had something to do with all that. Uh-huh. I'm just like, I don't care. And I knocked it off the table like I was a cat right. knocking a glass right. off. And I was just like, I don't care. So it just, the ending spent way too much time for that for me anyway. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then they're like, oh, yeah. And then we should probably find a way to save Darlington because, oh, also he's a demon apparently? I don't fucking know. He's Um, a, wait. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, this is all, I wrote this book like two months ago. So this is all coming back to me now. Yeah. um, And I finished it yesterday. So you can see Emberl and I are on two different wavelengths as far as how ahead we are and she's like and hers is huh and mine's what (laughs) so so, yeah he's i can't i shit you not emberlin do you remember him he's being called the gentleman demon Mm, yeah i do now (laughs) oh 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 what in the seed bonnet are we talking about um so that's the thing and i think that um the so there is there is going to be a second book to this it's coming out in january it's cool. called hellbent i will be reading it because yeah. i'd like to, I, I'd like to find out more and i feel like i'd like to see where this goes and also i just feel like maybe this deserves a little bit more attention to me um from me rather um i i find alex an interesting character and i do want to know more about um Dawes mm. and I'm hoping that maybe in the sequel we get some of her point of view because that was another thing is that in this book there was um that I liked was that there was multiple POVs mm-hmm. but it was Alex and then Darlington but Darlington from like the previous semester mm-hmm. so while you're also <laughs> there's so many too many cooks <laughs> too many cooks <laughs> too many cooks <laughs> um cuz okay throughout the book you're like all right what happened to Alex and how does she how does she see the ghosts also apparently she can use ghosts how does that so then you have to figure oh out God, yeah. what horrible thing happened to her in the past which was absolutely horrible mm-hmm. um, in chapter 7 yeah. uh, chapter 7 if you're going to read this book and you're still listening to this podcast um, huge trigger warning for that um, uh, so horrible things happened to her in chapter 7 so you get that backstory but then there's more to it and it's like you have to find out that she also can control ghosts question mark mm-hmm. or they can control her and also there's still something that happened to her and her friend Helly that came out of nowhere that you need to find out that you are invested mm-hmm. in but you still don't know anything about that and then meanwhile last semester there's Darlington who by the way isn't here during the spring semester so where is he <laughs> what happened to him and what's their relationship like and what's all like there's too many too cooks. Too many cooks. Yeah. And on top of that, there's like magic that they have to keep yeah. secret. And there's a murder and there's a cop there. What's a murder? What was your valley? 
so yeah i'm gonna take like a nosedive um with mine because i feel like Ooh. we're like ish, you know so you mentioned earlier that like you didn't know this was like a fantasy book and yeah because i don't know how to read so that, yes but yes and <laughs> i'd say yes and you don't know how to read but also no just kidding um <laughs> i'd say also like it's kind of unclear because like it's like a fantasy but then it's also a thriller but also it's a horror book like it feels like there's been all these different characterizations for it that i keep hearing like when i read about the book and like when i read like yeah i think best way to describe it is like gothic horror yeah well even then i'm like because like there's just too much like there's a lot of fantasy elements and like again there's just too many cooks (laughs) like it's just like a lot going on (laughs) That's the title of the episode. Why I felt hesitant to say horror, though, is because I didn't, like, first of all, and maybe this isn't the best, obviously, like, this probably isn't the best tell, but it wasn't scary. Um, Fuck off out there. Somebody's, like, honking their little hornoonies. Um, They said, there's too many. There's too many. Get out. So the reason I'm hesitant to say it's horror, though, is because because I personally didn't think so. No, but also because, like, it, yeah, it didn't really feel scary so much as, like, I found a lot of the horror elements to be more, like, gratuitous than scary. Like, and when I say that, I mean, like, there was a lot of really graphic stuff that happened in this book. And yeah, it made me kind of uncomfortable. Like, I will say that. Like, that's part of my critique. It's probably, mm-hmm. like, a me problem. I was uncomfortable. But... It was graphic to me in ways that I, like, I felt were almost not necessary. Like, I think mm-hmm. there's a way to do adult fantasy fiction, and I don't know, and this is really, like, it. Um, and I'll give an example. Um, a lot of the explicit sexual assault in this book felt just really heavy to read. Um and mm-hmm. I'm not going to I, – if you, this was, like, empowering for you to read about in terms of, like, a survival story, I'm not going to criticize you for that because I feel like that's a completely valid experience. But in, like, you know, like, there are no universal experiences of assault. Um, and I know mm-hmm. a lot of this comes from Lee's personal life. So I don't want to aim any criticism at those things. However, I feel like context really matters. And when you represent subject matter like this in novels, like that context has to be there. And it didn't really feel like it was. Like there's these really graphic depictions of essay that didn't feel super contextually relevant. And this, not in the sense that they weren't like furthering the plot along, because I don't know if we want essay to be a plot device per se either. But mm. like, for example, using. Um, alex's roommate like her very graphic date rape that was videoed yeah um like i was in the shower listening to this on audiobook and i like had to like scrub harder frankly because i was like this is just too much for me like i and i think my big issue with that is that it her rape is kind of it seems like it's kind of like used to progress the plot of Alex um, because it's Alex that moves forward and kind of like quote unquote acts as a savior in this specific like plot line and like goes and makes this man who date raped her essentially eat poop um, like for real for real 
which also happened. And it, it wasn't like about the victim, right? It didn't feel like it was centered on the victim. It felt like it was centered on furthering Alex's story progression. And it wasn't like super satisfying for me. It just made me feel like icky afterward. Um, in like a, oh, as like a survivor, this doesn't like this isn't how I want to hear this right now in my life type of way like obviously this wasn't mm-hmm. crafted for me as a survivor like you know yeah. like we're I'm a grown-up but I just kind of felt like like right. this is a fine line I don't want to walk on you know yeah for for me that scene like like part of me was just like oh these guys are getting what they pay like you know you're getting back at them but also as a whole it didn't seem necessary Mm -mm. yeah i don't i just don't think like too many cooks i i didn't (laughs) i i just like 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 for me just have having to read that and like yeah it's horrible and like these things happen to people and it's terrible to read about and sometimes just like all right i'm reading about this and it's making me more aware of just some of the things that happen that should not happen but I, I don't know I just it just didn't feel necessary to the plot for me mm. and it w- it was like a big moment for Alex to be like haha fuck you and I got back at this person for my mm. friend which is great and they had it coming but did we have to read that yeah I mean I didn't have to I didn't have to read it I didn't have to read this book right so Right. But I didn't like it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I think, I just think that it needs to be, like, I feel like I, I, I know that, like, Lee has, like, pushed back a little bit on some of the commentary about, like, trigger warnings in this book. And I feel like that's, like, very valid because these are really personal mm-hmm. experiences for her. And I think it's really hard to, like, I think, like, when you, like, translate those to, like, fantasy, it's, like, really difficult. I think it's even harder to hear criticism because it's, like, this is your life kind of poured out into pages a little bit. But like, right. I, like I think I think there is room for some nuanced discussion about the fact that like maybe we got to be like a little bit more sensitive about the way that we um like the way that we portray essay in books and like what's essential and what isn't and like when rape is being used as a plot device to further the the like the um the best interests of the main character like is it really necessary like i i don't know because like i'm mm-hmm. not i'm not disagreeing with the subject matter like there are great books that right. um like handle essay in a really like intentional way but this just didn't feel like one of those moments so i do think there's like room for growth there um another thing for me yeah i have like i have like a like <laughs> i have like whatever grievances um that buzzfeed has about ned falmer i have those same grievances <laughs> Um, like to the extent about this book, um, there's a lot of swearing, like a lot, like it was kind of edgy, but like too edgy for me. Like it sounded like me a little bit, like too much. (laughs) Like when I, you know, when you're in middle school and you just like, I just learned how to say the fuck word. So I'm going to say the fuck word all the time. You know, it felt a little bit like that. And there were times when I was just like, okay, like simmer, simmer, like simmer down, simmer down. You know, lay your hand on the Bible. Death fucks us no, all. Yeah, yeah. Like that wasn't because I've read. That's like the, the the quote you hear a lot, and that wasn't really a book that like sealed it for me. Because I that that wasn't the quote that sealed yeah. it for me. Because I was like, death fuck, death, it fucks <laughs> me, huh? 
My cat? It felt like one of those lines. It's just like, I'm trying to be. Edgy. Yeah. I was like, my cat, death Manny. My cat, de- my death fucks my cat, Manny, and me, <laughs> and my boyfriend, <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> and finally, I just, I feel unconventionally angry that the setup for this book is all of these magical elite houses possess infinite power that they use to remain in power but the plot point for this book is not let's dethrone this whole thing like it seems like she kept setting herself up to make this deep point about privilege and power and feminism and like just like these really empowering points about those things but then like that didn't like really come to fruition so I was kind of looking for more of that mm-hmm. fire because I know this woman has that fire burning inside her soul I know oh yeah and I just needed to see that more I think in relation to those conversations about privilege because it felt like we were starting we were like sprinkling a little bit on there but then it didn't really come through the way that I was expecting it to and that I thought yeah. it really could have to like tie things together a little more if you're gonna do this at an elite school like yeah you know so right and I wonder if the second book is going to get into that more but still if you're gonna set some of those stuff up in the first book i feel like there has to be some sort of closure for at least some of it still yeah you know what i mean yeah i do know what you mean (laughs) like yeah um so caitlin on a scale of (laughs) one to darkness (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just, your computer's like and you're done, you're done. great <laughs> points go to bed <laughs> go to bed uh, santa's coming um yeah so caitlin on a scale of one to five coins that persuade you to do stuff uh what do you rate this um i gave this book a solid three out of five it was i do think it is an interesting story but the ending to me was kind of meh and I was more interested in the characters and the background of all of these magical houses and shit that mm-hmm. I intended. I tended to zone out during these parts, and I don't like it when I'm reading a book and I'm just like, mm, next. Yeah. Like I want to be engaged, and I really I love her writing. Honestly, I really do. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe at some point I might reread this um, when I'm not on a time crunch. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe that'll change things. And I do intend on reading the next book to see um, how that supports this book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was three out of five. It it had a lot of interesting elements, but um, I there's just things that I didn't care about. So. Uh-huh. Uh <laughs> And that's that's a, that's a me thing. I just didn't care enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a good reason. Care. I feel like to give a yeah. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I didn't like this book. I, I I feel like at the end of the day, yeah, I really? think I had to, like, take a step back because I was like, oh, it's cute, it's fun. But I think at the end of the day, there's just too much, I think, that kind of, like, falls under, like, it just isn't working for me. Like, it was very mundane, I think, in a lot of ways. It was either very mundane or very gratuitous mm-hmm. in its use of, like, really disturbing um, and traumatic uh, plot points. And it felt for me like a huge like a gigantic departure in terms of quality from lee's other work like six of crows the, mm. is incredible the crows duology is just an incredible series i think it might even that's her prove to be a better personification of her ability to write for adult readers than this book is like she didn't need yeah, yeah, all yeah, of yeah. the bells and whistles that this book has i think to write a good adult novel like i feel like the duology just does that by itself um so I like the ideas very much but not so much the execution I gave this a two out of five 
Um, and that said, I love this author, and I do think the transition from YA fantasy to adult fantasy is like not as smooth as you know you or I might think. So I give her props for right. this, this, and I hope that like over time we get to see like great adult fantasy books from her. So yeah. Thank you for listening to Lit by Moonlight. Tune in next time when we end up in the middle of the damn woods for Near the Bone. Ooh. Yeah. Near the Bone. Too many, too cooks. many cooks. <laughs> too, too many cooks. <laughs> <laughs>